0: business strategy tips, and more. Let's get to it. Hey there, I have a free program with your name on it. Starting January 20th through January 23rd, I am going live in the Health Coach Nation Facebook group for three days straight to teach you how to book your ideal clients using Instagram. This is going to be a three-day program. You will be able to connect with the other group members, ask your questions, and get a lot of free tools and resources. So join facebook.com slash groups slash health coach nation, all one word. And I will see you on Monday in the group. We are going to get started every day with our live videos at 430 p.m. Central Time. So I cannot wait. See you there. Okay, hello everybody and hello for our podcast listeners as well as the people who catch this live broadcast. I am here today with Brad Hart and he helps coaches and consultants create and build amazing mastermind programs. He's also an author, he also is a speaker. I'll let you Brad, let everybody know about who you are, what you do, and then we'll talk today about what does it take to really build a mastermind? And how does that work? So introduce yourself and go for it.
1: Sure, sure. I, I think, you know, in order to understand who I am, I think it, it really pays to start with where I started, right? I was the kid who at eight years old, didn't really have any friends and spent every, every recess 30 minutes on the swings by himself. And I would dream and hope that one day I'd have friends all over the world. And the power of masterminds made that possible in my life. So if you're not, understanding or knowing what a mastermind is or you might have an idea but about half the people who i speak to either don't know what it is or have an idea that's you know a little bit off base so my definition of a mastermind is a group of people that come together to support each other in their challenges they connect resources opportunities people systems what have you together and make sure that they really stay accountable to taking action on their goals right so i run a lot of mastermind groups i've been doing these now for a long time i've been a part of 28 i've started 10 of my own uh, I have a program that helps people build masterminds. I wrote a book on the subject. I have a podcast on the subject. They're both called the 8-Minute Masterminds. And this format, when implemented correctly, is a game changer for your business. So that's really the most important thing to understand is that you can get off the – you know, because there's a lot of things you could do, right? If you want to get paid for what you teach uh, and what you know, you can write a book. And I've written two. They're wonderful. But it takes a lot of work to write a book. And unfortunately, even the best books only sell you know, less than 1,000 copies, 95% of books – Sell so less than a thousand copies, so it's it's a labor of love and it's challenging. It's low low ticket. Um, you could start a course, but it's really difficult to get people to take courses nowadays. About nine percent of course uh, buyers ever actually finish the course, and it takes team and, and strategy and really just getting all those pieces in place to have a marketing engine to really promote a course. I've done big course launches to uh, up to two or three hundred thousand dollars. Um, you know, I've done webinars of three thousand people. It's just a lot of moving parts with the course, right? And then the ongoing support and, and whatnot. Uh, you could coach and consult, and that's how a lot of people get started. And, uh, I know you do that as well. You're a business coach, Haley. Um, and that's more one on one. And the, the problem with that is, is it just takes up a lot of time. It doesn't scale forever, right? There's just no way you can serve a hundred people as a coach. Um, so, you know, when you think about coaching, consulting, it's great, but you're, you're kind of on that. You know, roller coaster. You get a few clients, you do some marketing and sales, then you're serving those clients, and then when they go away, the the income goes away. So a mastermind is kind of a hybrid between a community, a group, and a workshop where you can come in and teach people what you know in a leveraged fashion. You're more of a facilitator and leader, not a not a coach in that scenario. And you're not just relying on your own expertise, but the expertise of speakers, the expertise of the people in the room, and you don't have to worry about creating as much content, and it it can be done virtually or in person. So I really love the Mastermind format because it offers you all of the benefits of everything else. It gives you the cash flow, the high-ticket cash flow that you can get started in your business, get some sustainability month over month, get off the cash flow roller coaster, and then ultimately have the space and the time to do the other things, which are wonderful to do. I do all of them. Uh, but it gives you a little bit of more uh, clarity and, and income and impact in your business in the beginning. So if you're going to start somewhere, I would recommend masterminds.
0: That's awesome. That was very well said, and I actually want to dissect everything that you just went through a little bit because, first of all, for anybody watching this live or listening, listen to how he presented the pros and cons of each model, how he promoted the benefits of an actual mastermind, how he said, "I've been in," you know, a little bit. In all of them, and just how well done that framing set up this episode. Because part of what I try to teach my clients is how to write good copy, how to market themselves online. And literally that pitch made me like, oh my God, shoot, I gotta sh- I gotta shift over to a mastermind right now. Right. <laughs> because you're like, look, it has this, this, and this. You don't have to do this. It saves you time. You connected it to more money, you off the roller coaster. So very well done uh, with that. And The thing about a mastermind, because I think just like the coaching industry, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and the way that you defined what a mastermind is, is how I see it. But I think a lot of people, the word gets overused a lot. And so I think there's some confusion about what it is and what it isn't. And, you know, some people get pulled into a mastermind and then later they're like, wait, this isn't what I thought it was. So how... Can you go over, like, how does a mastermind truly work? You said there's group, there's speakers that you're all building off of each other. Like, you know, tell me a little bit about what does it actually look like to be in a mastermind?
1: Sure, Haley. Uh, So the, the key component that I believe is most integral to a mastermind is the hot seat. Right. It's when you put one person in front of the group and they speak about, you know, my format's really simple. We do it on my podcast. You check it out. It's called the Eight Minute Mastermind. Um, and it's who they are, what they do for 30 seconds. And then it's what they're grateful for celebrating. You want to start in that energy of gratitude, which attracts, um, you know, higher vibration thoughts and feelings to, to people. Uh, then you shift into what your challenge is or something you want to work on or you need support with the group to move faster on. And then you ask clarifying questions. And here's where people get it wrong a lot of times is they dive right into solutions. Everybody tries to coach each other. But the main goal and gift of a mastermind is clarity. And if you can really understand a challenge, it's already half solved. So when you can clearly articulate in simple terms, here's what's actually going on. You know, I call it the tip of the iceberg versus the whole iceberg. You know, once you're clear on that whole thing, you can go ahead and, and offer simple and easy solutions. So that's my format. And it's been very effective. It's a simple five-step process. You can do it in eight to 10 minutes wherever you're at. And that's going to add so much value. So you're starting there as like the foundational component of a mastermind. Everybody gets that one-on-one time. It's so valuable. And everybody gets to share. And then, the key, again, the key goal is just clarity. If you don't get to the solutions in that moment, well, now everybody in the group knows what's going on. and They can follow up with you afterwards. So I love to network, too, in those masterminds. That's another piece. So everybody in the room is, is carefully cultivated to have different expertise and, and whatnot. I also bring in speakers to do content pieces that are specific and relevant to the needs of that mastermind, depending on what level of business they're at. And I only run business masterminds, but you could also run them in health and relationships and everything else. So mm-hmm. you know, whatever your outcome, whatever your goal is, having that expertise in the room is really important. And then finally, having activities and workshop components that people can implement. So we have different tools. Uh, I'm in a partnership now with Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi, who run mastermind.com. I was one of the affiliates for their launch in the beginning, which did $32 million. I was the 24th largest affiliate out of 1,100 affiliates. We sold awesome. almost, you 20-some know, thousand copies of this program so far. And then uh, I went to the party for the affiliates in Vegas, and I got to meet Tony, which is really exciting. I've been to 14 of events and raised a bunch of money for his charities and brought over 100 people to him uh, before, and I just never met the man. So that was really wonderful, and I was tearing up at that opportunity. But then Dean, his business partner, pulls me aside and says, hey, Brad, we're going to be rolling out a speaking team next year, and I really think you should be one of the speakers. I said, Dean, you know I'm not a professional speaker, right? I just know masterminds. He's like, well, you have a great story. You have a lot of experience, and I think people can really relate to your story. Um, so now I'm being called to a higher level of service, and I, I just got selected out of 1,000 people that Yay. Uh, applied. Yeah, I got selected as one of the first eight speakers for this new program. So we're going to be rolling that out and there's workshops and all kinds of wonderful things happening. So I'm just so grateful for that opportunity to serve. And it just it goes to show that, um, you know, if you're committed to a path of mastery and it could be masterminding, it could be any number of things. But when you're committed and you put a plain flag and say, this is what I stand for, and this is the tool I'm going to use. Life starts to support you in incredible ways. And it wasn't until maybe two or three years ago when I got really clear that, hey, I've been a part of so many masterminds, maybe this is what I'm meant to do. And I, st- I stuck my claim, if you will. And and that really catapulted my life in so many ways. So to answer your original question, like, there's so many components that could be a mastermind. A mastermind is not just a Facebook group. A mastermind is not just a coaching program. A mastermind is not just uh, a few people sitting around and uh, talking about their problems. It's, it's active, it's proactive. And it brings together the intelligence of the entire room towards the solution of problems and challenges. And it does so in a way that builds people up without coddling them,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: that's so important. I always like to joke that my two favorite things in the world are helping people and fucking with people. And I get to do both in a mastermind.
0: <laughs> All right. OK. We'll have to put the explicit on uh, on the podcast now. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Okay, I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> but uh, OK. So that makes a lot of sense. So. You, the difference between a group program, for example, because like, for example, mm-hmm. I have a group coaching program and everybody in the program usually is a health or life coach who wants to grow their business, learn the fundamentals of marketing, be able to find their, clients online. And so we have group calls and people are able to ask their questions and things like that. The difference is in a mastermind to me, it sounds like you kind of need everybody at the same playing level in their, or, or. A balance or different skill sets that balance each other out so that everybody has something unique to bring to the table some some way that they can serve the others in the group because I think a common problem too in masterminds is when people go into it thinking it's only about me and they never go into it thinking how can I serve the others in this group too because then you have a if you go into it that way you're going to have a one-sided you know everybody's out for themselves type of mastermind which would be terrible. So so how does somebody go about cultivating, let's say somebody watching this, and if you guys are watching the live, comment below, say hello. Um, we got some hellos from Lori and Liz and um, Doka. So anyways, but my question is if I, let's say health coach is watching this and they say, I wanna start a mastermind. How do they pick the type of people who would be a magical group fit all together? What's that process like?
1: Yeah, so with business masterminds, you kind of hit it on the head. You want people to be, if they're at the same level, you want to have them in different industries, right? So they're not in direct competition with each other. Because if you put like all the top people from one industry in the same room, they're probably going to not want to share as much, just naturally, even if you're very giving and open and abundant. That's just what I've noticed, is human behavior kind of dictates that. Um, If it's going to be more of a leader, uh, like, like people join a mastermind cause they want uh, a way to get like, you know, in front of Brendan Burchard, but they don't want to pay Brendan Burchard hundreds of thousands of dollars for whatever he charges for a day of his time. So they'll join a mastermind that he has. Right. So that's another way to look at it. But in the ideal scenario, like in the best case of all worlds, you would have the people in the group be uh, non-competitive with one another, be relatively at the same level or have it strategically where there's some people who are a little bit lower and some people are a little bit higher so that there's that good balance because really in life you want to be spending 33% of your time with your peers, 33% of your time in mentorship and 33% of your time being mentored.
0: Mm-hmm. right?
1: So you can mirror that in a mastermind and it would work really well. I've done all different types. I'm just giving people options as far as like, it doesn't have to be one thing, but there are pros and cons of either. Right? So if right. you have balance, uh, you know, you're gonna have some people that are a little bit bored or you have some people that are a little bit overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. If you put it all at the same level, that's awesome. But now nobody's really like everybody's kind of in the same echo chamber in the same phase of business. Right. So there's nobody who's like pulling them up or holding them to a higher level of accountability. Like Mm -hmm. the number one growth experience I've ever had in my life was joining a mastermind when I was 24 years old of people who are earning seven and eight and nine figures. One of them had the third largest rolling paper company in the world and they were active in like 175 countries. Mm -hmm. So that made me grow a lot because all of a sudden my peer group, demanded that I grew in order to keep up. Yeah. So, so there are different pros and cons of each. And I don't want to say that one is right or wrong, but you got to kind of decide, like, what's the outcome that you ultimately want? And then decide accordingly who's going to be in the room. Or you could just say, you know, give it up to God and say, hey, listen, whoever's in this room is supposed to be in this room, and I'm going to serve them the highest I can, and make sure that they come away with the outcomes that they look for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the other tricky thing is if you're going to promise a certain outcome and everybody's at all different levels, what are the kinds of benefits you market for a mastermind and how do you make sure everybody's happy in the group?
1: Yeah. So if it's a virtual mastermind, typically it's going to be centered around a leader or facilitator that's highly skilled and has a skill set that they want to learn. Maybe it's to grow their business. Maybe it's to have a specific level of health or a certain type of relationship that's going to be a little bit different. And so if you're doing it in person, now you can add the experiential component into it where it's not just you're in this peer group, but now you're doing really cool things together and you're bonding and you're growing because that's a perfectly legitimate reason to build a mastermind or, or grow a mastermind is just because you want community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll get breakthroughs and you'll get different things and it can be more spread across you know the three different areas, health, wealth, and relationships, but, you know, realistically, and this is a great question, by the way, you're getting me to think. So this is, this is awesome. Um, realistically, you'll really want to go into that with the idea of, you know, service to the goals of that person, making sure they come away with the clarity on their goals that mm-hmm. they need and the resources that they need to get it done. And that's the most important thing. It's not about you having all the answers. It's making sure that you are committed to finding the answers. Mm mm-hmm through networking and through the people in the room and making sure that nobody comes away with like, Oh man, I really didn't get my problem solved or I didn't get any clarity towards it. It's not about having the whole thing and solving everybody's problem, but it's like getting them in momentum towards the next step.
0: Yeah. Facilitating, being resourceful, guiding. Yep. And the other thing about masterminds, you said at the beginning of this episode, oh, totally start with a mastermind. And I know many, people in the coaching industry or consulting world or, um, in other industries might say, well, but you know, sometimes it's good to have X, Y, and Z first. And, I, and there's no specific rules in business, but everybody has their own opinion about, you know, where to start sure. and whatnot. And I think one of the concerns that, um, co- a new coach might have is like, well, I don't even know if, if this, cause the way I see a mastermind is more like, you, it, everybody needs to be a fit. You want to cultivate this and be picky and choosy. And maybe they just haven't built enough relationships or had enough experience yet to lead a mastermind. So, my question is and now that could have a caveat because you could always pick something where people are a few steps behind you. But my question is, how would one, if they don't, if they can't even book clients yet because they're new and they haven't learned everything yet the principles of marketing their niche all this stuff how would they go about doing a mastermind and and finding people to commit to that
1: so what you're really talking about uh haley is the difference between an expert and a Mm non-expert that's it right so you have expert masterminds where you're like you know grounding and leading as the expert and you you have all the domain experience you need to, to lead these people Mm -hmm. so i would be an example of an expert right i would go in and build an expert mastermind and i pull in other experts as well then there's two types of non-experts there's a non-expert reporter of knowledge and there's a non-expert knowledge broker and the difference is a little bit subtle there so i'm going to explain each one so a reporter is somebody that's like you know i want to learn to be an olympic class swimmer i'm never going to do the olympics but i'm really interested in learning swimming and I know people who want to learn it as well. Well, I can take the initiative to start a mastermind where I basically go out and interview the top 10 experts or Tony mm-hmm. experts or how many experts. And in doing so, I bring all of that knowledge and, and tools back to the people. So you end up becoming an expert in that process mm-hmm. and you end up giving more value than if they had just sought out one of those experts themselves. Right. So that could be an example of a non-expert reporter running a mastermind. And they can bring all those people in either virtually or a person or, you know, collect the data themselves and teach it. All of that can work. A knowledge broker is somebody who partners up with an expert who doesn't have a mastermind, but knows that there's a demand for such. So let's say you find an expert who has a big audience and they're selling books or they're selling courses or they're selling consulting or whatever. And they've never thought about building a mastermind. Well, now, if you know how to build a mastermind, if you understand the business model, if you understand how to sell and market, you can go to that person, strike a deal and then work with their audience to mm-hmm. build a mastermind for their clients, mm-hmm. and then take a split of that. So I've done both over the course of my career. I've brought in experts. Another mm-hmm. way I run masterminds is a little bit more of a hybrid. But I've brought in experts. I've been the expert, and I've also been a knowledge broker. Like for example, I wanted to learn about sourcing products from China, and I had this great opportunity to learn from a coach who was doing a couple million a year, and you know he'd been to China five times or whatever. And I reached out to him like, hey man, what would it be to coach? He's like, oh, it's thirty thousand dollars to coach me. I'm like, do you get a lot of coaching clients? He's like, no, I make it expensive because I don't want to work with a lot of <laughs> coaching clients. I'm like, yeah. I get it. You know, in his other business, like it just doesn't make financial sense for him to take the, his eye off the ball where he's making a couple million here to chase around 30 grand and, and work as a coach. So I'm like, well, I bet there's a lot of people that want to learn to sort of source products and do Amazon with you. He's like, yeah. So his name's Michael, by the way. You can look him up, mm-hmm. Michael Quinn. He's great. Um, so I go to Michael. I say, hey, Michael, what if I just run a mastermind for your people? Like, we'll just we'll make a little group we'll do some free training we'll all enroll the people and then we'll all go to china and hong kong together and we did it in two weeks we raised thirty-five thousand dollars. we went nice. to to china and hong kong and we did the the mastermind leading up to the mastermind we did calls to kind of get people oriented and so they would know what they were doing when they got on the ground and went to the trade shows and you know talking to vendors and things like that and then during the mastermind we had a really fun party we learned a lot we went and sourced products. Everybody got to see the booths, asking questions. We all walked around together. I learned so much more from that experience than I would have by even getting coached by Michael because you have so many different, right. different people asking so many different types of questions. And I laid the groundwork for what became an agency to help Amazon sellers grow their businesses. So I took that knowledge and I was able to build a company with some partners of mine from zero to 75K a month in the marketing side of Amazon and then sell my share in it and walk away. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had that industry specific knowledge if I hadn't been a non-expert reporter running a masterminds or a non-expert knowledge broker running a mastermind first. So to answer the question, yes, absolutely. There's ways to do it, even if you're not the first, you know, even if you're just starting out. So that's the most important takeaway there is it's not about what you know. It's about your commitment and dedication to the process of masterminding that allows the value to happen and for you to get paid. So I got my trip for free. I got to make money. I got all these great hookups and amazing. Like that trip probably produced a hundred million dollars worth of value. But if you myopically take the view of just what's happening for you and yourself and your capabilities, mm-hmm. then you're going to be limited always.
0: Well, well said. I like how you break that down at the different options. And something that I'm going to be doing is a little bit of a social media blitz where I'm interviewing social media experts and probably putting that into a mastermind type of format. And, Um, so I'm really glad you said that where you go to the experts who are the best at what they do and you craft everything and and just the way that the thing I want people to take away from this and, and hearing you speak and, um, in general, one of my biggest missions is to change the way people think and you're just thinking differently. All you're doing is how can I solve someone's problem? How can I bring the most value possible? What would it take to do that? What's the next step? And you and you're just figuring it out and you turn yeah. that into an incredible opportunity. So be resourceful, yeah. folks. If you guys want to yeah. do something, it's you're out get, of it, get out
1: of your own way, get out of your own yeah. ego, and say, How can I be a conduit through which these people can be served?
0: Yeah. Exactly. And a
1: mastermind's a perfect format for that. So when you especially when you're getting set up, because you don't have to rely on your own stuff. You'll become an expert in the course of doing these things.
0: Right. Right. You don't
1: have to be to start. And that's the most important distinction that we can take away from this. Is like You know, you think a mastermind's way up here, but it's right here ready for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yes. And let's talk about the do's and don'ts of having your own mastermind, and then the do's and don'ts of maybe investing in a mastermind, because um, one of the things that, well, I'll let you talk, yeah, you go. (laughs)
1: So the do's and don'ts of, of running a mastermind or not running a mastermind? Uh, I, do, I would, do's whatever. and
0: don'ts. Let's say if you're an, if you're a listener on this show and you want to start your own mastermind, what are the biggest mistakes they can avoid or maybe some things you really yeah. um, you to do? Things
1: building like it before you sell it. That's a huge one. Trying to build something without selling it first.
0: Mm-hmm. So a lot of
1: people say, oh, I got to build the thing and then I can sell it. Well, it's actually the other way around. You want to sell it, make sure people want it, make sure they're actually giving you money and you have money in your account and then you use that money to go build it. If you can't sell it, then it's do not go PESCO, do not collect $200 because guess what? You are never going to be able to sell it after it's built if nobody wants it in the first place. So the way you get around that is you do instead, you offer it as a beta pilot program. You say, hey, you're gonna get way more access to me for a way lower price. For this beta program, and then you collect cash ahead of time, and you communicate all this throughout. Like you're not pulling the wool right. over anybody's eyes. You just basically say, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna try this out. This is an experiment. If it works, great. If we get our five, 10, 15 people, whatever we want, we we'll, we'll, it's a go. If not, I'll refund your money and we're out of here. Mm-hmm. We'll start with a new project. But I'd rather have you learn if it's a good idea or not in the first two weeks than the first, you know, than taking two years to figure it out and never launching it. Right. So then, when you launch, you're confident that hey, I already got the money in the bank, and let's just make this rock.
0: Mm-hmm. that's what I I've that.
1: always done because the first time I tried to launch a course I learned this lesson where I spent six months building the best course that ever was and it's going to be the best course forever and everybody's going to love it and I sold five and three refunded. funded
0: yep same here I wrote an ebook it's 200 pages <laughs> tried to sell it <laughs> this was, it was so stupid <laughs> so until
1: you can verify yeah. demand and not just people saying yes but giving you money mm-hmm. then you know you have something and build it so that's yeah. like the big one. Like do not okay. go, do not collect $200. That would, that would be like the number one thing. And then just uh, kind of what I shared before is like just make it about what they want, right? The the art of asking is the number one skill in entrepreneurship because all you're trying to do is figure out what the market wants. And people look at uh, articles and blogs and they're in their own echo chamber and they write down ideas and they they think oh, well, they can fall in love with their own ideas instead of just asking the people who they want to serve, like what would be the best value for you? What are your top frustrations? What are your top challenges? What are your top problems? What are you angry about? Who are you angry at? What is your desires, goals, visions? You know, what do you want to create in this world? And then building a solution for that.
0: Yeah. That's something that I teach in my zero to hero coach program for my clients market research before they build their program. What does your ideal client actually want? What keeps them up at night? What problems would they pay to solve? And I'm so glad, like there's been times where I've come up with an idea that I think is incredible. I'm on fire. I'm like so excited. I have to get it out today. And then I like sit with it for a second and I actually talk to a few people about it and I'm like, Nobody wants
1: this. Don't do yeah. that to yourself. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so so. so yeah. that's the most important thing, and, and, you know, that's that's the basis of everything. I teach people how to market research. I teach people how to build messages and copy that, that convert and really pull the right people in. I teach them how to get on the phone and actually have a sales conversation that's effective and close. I teach them how to price. I teach them how to facilitate, and then I, I kind of teach a ton of bonus content on top of that. But that's like the basic pieces, right? If you don't have yeah. those pieces, you're going to have a hard time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And what about if they're looking to join a mastermind, what are the kind of, let's say you're looking at it online and you have a criteria or you've had bad experiences in the past, what, what should people look for?
1: Yeah, so um, that's in, in an individual question because it depends on your individual goal in joining that mastermind. Like what would you be, like what's good, better, best? What would you be like satisfied with and what would you be blown away by? Mm-hmm. And you might not know. Right. I I really was drawn into this as a leap of faith. I didn't know what I was going to get from my first mastermind. And I was so blown away, but it it spoke to the dedication of the person who's facilitating it and going above and beyond. So um, having an intention going in is important, but also having that ability to just kind of let go and let God and allow yourself to be wowed by the process and just aligning with great people. Like if you believe in the person who's going to run it, that they're dedicated uh, even if they don't have a track record of running masterminds yet, you can get an incredible experience just because, you know, it's, it's bigger than any one person mm-hmm. I mean, it's the group. It's the, it's the breakthroughs, it's the collaboration. And there's, there's a lot of great masterminds out there. I can make recommendations if people are interested. Um, but I, I would just say, keep, keep asking around, keep uh, being open to possibilities. I've joined 28 masterminds now everywhere from free and invite only some of them with like billionaires and really cool people, all the way up to like a hundred grand a year, you know, and like I've gotten value on of all of them. It's just what you decide to to do. And then be okay with leaving if it's not the right fit. Right. And see if you can come to one event and like offer to pay, like, Hey, what if, what could I just pay to come to one event? You know, what would be a good deal for you? Like a lot of them will let you try it before you buy it. And if, if you buy them with the people and you, you like the, you know, the format and you, you think you're getting value out of it, then, then sign up for a year, you know, what do you have to lose? Yeah. I always, always, always make my investment back tenfold when I join a mastermind because I am actively in there making deals, I'm actively in there meeting people, I'm actively in there enrolling clients, mm-hmm. getting referrals. Like, there's just so much value you can, you can add and also extract from a mastermind if you know what you're doing.
0: I love that. Try before you buy, and it's also what you put into it. And one of the things that I've learned from my favorite mentor, but also I call him my grandpa, Dan Sullivan, is to do the impact filter Um, before you get involved in something like this. So basically it's like, what am I, it it sets you up to look for evidence and look for ways for yourself to get involved, bring value, Um, you know, what are your objectives, what, that kind of stuff. So I think don't blindly go into it and just, you know, you have to be open to talking to people, open to bringing value, listening, And kind of thing. That's true of any environment, whether it's a mastermind or not. Like, you
1: can make incredible things happen in your life. Standing on the grocery line, if you know what you're doing. Of
0: course, it's all about the pre-framing and the segment of intention before you do something. And, but I think it's a little more important for a mastermind because you're not just going to get like in a coaching program. The coach can maybe help guide you a little more. Like, you know, it, it. It's like I think in a mastermind, you have to be. A little more take initiative a little more in my opinion um, yeah so that, so I think it's important now as far as um, marketing a mastermind because you've run them because you've been in them what have you found and, and you also are an affiliate for Tony Robbins and um, Dean Graziosi which is awesome what have you found to be the top marketing way of, of getting you know people into your mastermind
1: the top marketing strategy mm-hmm. so it's been a mix um i'm very personal with people i like to have one-on-one conversations uh but i typically my strategy is i'm, I'm very heavy on facebook so I, i'll put out a post on facebook kind of talking about what i'm doing i'll inevitably have some people that respond. you know anywhere from a few to a few hundred in some cases mm-hmm and I'll be following up with them. So I call it the Mallard, and it's funny because I have a duck on my screen right now, the StreamYard duck,
0: so I call it the Mallard
1: effect. Like, you see me calmly gliding across the water, I wrote this prose and beautiful copy, and underneath I'm just doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. Getting people on the phone and and hustling and making deals. Um, I mean, it's a lot easier than a lot of businesses, you know, and I can earn you know, considerable amounts of money doing it, but there is work involved, so I would just say, no, don't be like looking for the one strategy. Mm -hmm. It's, it's receiving, it's, it's attracting and receiving people in the way that they need to be attracted and received.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's so specific and intimate to that niche and that type of person. Um, And then the individuals within that niche. So getting really good at conversations and questions and guiding, leading people and not putting up with their shit. About, you know, like just, just really being okay with taking the stand and being the leader in that relationship, and you know, pushing on people's buttons a little bit, getting a lot of sales call, getting clear on what's actually going on, making sure you're checking all the boxes along that sales process. You know, when I first started selling, I sold with the scripts, and scripts are great, but it's like training wheels. Once you take them off, you can do really cool skids and chase your friends and all that stuff. And you know, you don't want to go back to the training wheel. So I have a different selling process than I did before that's more Socratic and, uh, you know, uses behavioral flexibility. So whatever they bring to me, I can Aikido bring back to them.
0: I love it. Here.
1: Where they're ready to buy. So so that's a little bit different than, than some of the other formats out there. And there's so many different ways to do it. You know, you can have a landing page. You can have an application form. You can have all that. You can do hybrids, of all these things. Is finding a solution that works for you mm-hmm. that closes about 50% of your qualified interested leads, then you know you're on track.
0: Absolutely. If you're, not,
1: if you're closing more than that, then your prices are probably too low, and you want to raise your prices. And if you're closing less than that, then you have to work on your sales and marketing process.
0: Simple as that. Very good. Yeah. And sales is so I love sales. I've, I've, you know, I've done the scripts too, and then I, I try to. It's really comes down to solving people's problems and listening, and you know, being flexible with that. But I love what you said about not letting people just stand by all their BS, (laughs) because many people would say would hear that and say, Oh, that's being salesy, that's being pushy, the whatever. And really, I see both of us in our fields, as trying to change people's lives, wanting to help them become who they want to be and and do the things that they want to do. And you can't do that when you're in your own way, or you're blindsided by something or somebody's not willing to challenge you a little bit or ask you a different way of, of looking at it. So I love that you said that.
1: Well, and the the real truth of it is, Haley, I'm sure you found this to be true, is that, and for the people listening out here, you know, if this resonates with you, is that if those people had what they say they wanted, they would already be the people who they needed to be to have it. Mm -hmm. Maybe I said that out of order, but the the message there is, if they were already doing the things and being and showing up as the people who could have the things that they want, they would already have them. Mm -hmm. So... Leadership is really just seeing more in that person, more potential, more possibility, more to give that they have than they do at that moment, and pulling them into that vision for themselves. Yeah. It's not its not about me judging their values or how they should live their life or what their goals are. It's, it's right. oh, you know, they're in my orbit now because they have these visions and goals that I can help them achieve. Now it's just getting them out of their own way, out of their own ego, out of their own scarcity, out of their own lack, out of their own limitation story so that they can take action for those goals. And sometimes they have to borrow the confidence to get the evidence because they don't have either to begin with So I they have to come and, and and take my confidence and my certainty and use that to take action on the strategies that I've used over and over again to, to build these things so they can do it themselves. And once they do now, they are able to, to impact the world. This the candle lighting a thousand other candles analogy.
0: I love the borrow thing and the mirror effect and all of that stuff. I, I love that. Um, it is kind of like, you have to, sometimes people can't see things that you can see in them. Um, and, we're all, and that's why being in masterminds and doing all these things with other people is so valuable. What would you say as far as you being in masterminds? Has there been any, like, maybe share one to three life-changing aha moments or wisdom that you've gotten from being in masterminds?
1: yeah so the, the thing i would say about masterminds is no one person is smarter than everyone
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's really important to understand it's like you're not as smart as everybody put together love that and when you surrender yourself to that and you really ask the group like hey what is it you know when everybody shows up without an ego to serve like the the answers come through it's a divine thing it really is beautiful stuff that people never would have thought of in their own bubble now, all of a sudden, it's coming through them, like channeled through them. The exact thing you need to hear. It's almost like a divine Ouija board where you're getting the clarity channeled through you. And and that's really wonderful. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? I want to make sure I don't get off track here.
0: One to three life-changing pieces of wisdom or takeaways from being in masterminds.
1: Yeah, so that that's one thing. It's just understanding that there's a divine thing happening when people are masterminding that comes through from a higher source. So that's thing one. Thing two is um, the understanding that one relationship, one person who influences you can change your life in a profound way. Uh, one deal can change your life. One conversation can change your life and being open to that, uh, especially when you're intending and asking for it and you know, working on your own side of the fence, like these, it just starts showing up. So that's been really beautiful. And then really just anything that you want in life is, is an ask away. Most people aren't willing to ask. They're afraid to ask or they don't think it's the right time or, you know, someday or some, you know, they're, they're not in it. They're not getting dirty. They're not like getting banged up and bruised on their way to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they try once and they fail. You know, you know the average amount of times that somebody tries something before they give up.
0: No, it's
1: me. Yes. It's less than one. It's 0.8 times
0: on average. Wow.
1: People try something before they stop trying.
0: What? Wait,
1: what? People don't get their goals, right? If you average up all the zeros (laughs) and all the ones and all the twos and tens and fifties, it's like less than one time that the average person tries something before they fail.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so disappointed in that statistic. It sucks. Wow.
1: And if, if people just keep trying, they will get a result. And they have to take their own ego and their own, you know, delicate flower sensibilities out of it and just say, listen, I tried something, I got feedback. Cause you can't take an action without getting a reaction. Yeah. Even failure and feedback is better than nothing. Cause you yeah. can work with failure and feedback. Okay, well let's tweak this piece and try it again. Okay, let's tweak this piece, and try it again. And if you fail enough times, you're going to get the right answer eventually. Right. Like it, it exists. It is possible to do these things because other people have done them before. Yeah. We live in this, like, post-Roger Bannister time. Like, everybody's out there running four-minute miles in every industry. There's somebody that's an example of you doing the thing, you know, that's possible now.
0: Right. Yeah, failure yeah. is practice. It's practice for the next thing. And um, I love that you said it, it is true that in every industry there's somebody who proves what's possible, and then it opens everybody else's mind up to doing that too, or thinking that they can maybe do it too. And the last thing- that's we- a little
1: old, because I don't know if you know who Roger Bannister was, but if you don't know, listening at home, uh, he's the guy who ran the four-minute mile. Nobody thought it was possible. And then as soon as he ran the four-minute mile, everybody else ran the four-minute mile. And like 10 other people did it. Yeah. Right? Anyway, go on.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And the last thing that you said about how nobody, everybody's smarter together, that's so refreshing to hear, because I think a lot of people who will be listening to this back have this like thing about, well- the superiority, um, effect, meaning like, Oh, so-and-so, is so much further along than me. When you were saying you're just an ask away from what you want. That is so true. And I think people get afraid to ask people things or take a leap and do something scary or whatever. Cause they think that person is so smart and they're so ahead of me. And they're so everybody's just humans. And as, as one Jay Abraham has said that, we're all just like little kids trying to shield our egos or some weird quote about how we're all just humans. We all have the same emotions. We all have the same problems on different levels, obviously in different, we all have problems period. And you can't let the fear of asking or making a new relationship or having a life, setting yourself up to believe that today you're going to have a life changing conversation. You can't let fear get in the way of doing those things because you'll always be stuck so I love that. Yeah, you said
1: that. And, and one more piece of asking is, uh, there's a rock star named Dave Navarro, and he had a saying, uh, you know, somebody asked him once, you date all these beautiful women, how do you get the courage to just go up and, and talk to them? And he's like, well, I'm already not dating her, so I might as well ask, right? <laughs> i might ask her on a date, right? I'm already not dating her. That's already the, the, the situation. So let me just go talk to her and see what's what. And the worst thing is she says is no.
0: Right. And then you're it's the same Continued. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's the
1: same exact scenario, except you tried.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's shift into your book because you do have a book. I saw Mm -hmm. on Facebook that it has an incredible title. Again, take note, everyone, because Brad has good marketing copy language skills. So tell us the title.
1: So the title of the book is The 8-Minute Mastermind, How to Solve Any Problem, Travel Anywhere for Free, and Add $100,000 to Your Business in 5 to 10 hours a month. And it's more than just a book, it's a multimedia experience. So there's different pieces of the book. You'll have links and things for other resources because there's only so much you could fit in the actual physical book. there's an ebook version. It's on Amazon right now. You can search my name, Brad Hart, B-R-A-D-H-A-R-T. And the 8-Minute Mastermind or just search for 8-Minute Mastermind, it should come up. And it's already uh, top 25 in a few of the categories. And I'd like to get it a little bit higher. I'd like to hit number one on Amazon. So I uh, love your support. and You get the book for free, actually. Right now, if you go to my Facebook, there's a whole deal about that. So uh, yeah, it's really exciting. I'm really grateful that people are, are digging the book so far. I've gotten some incredible reviews that people have been submitting. And I'm just, I'm so happy I finally published it because I've been you know, tweaking it and revising it for a year and it's never perfect. There's still typos I'm finding and I'm like, ah, every time, Yeah, yeah. It. You yeah. Know, it's, 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 it's a labor of love and I want to reach a mass market. My number one goal is that people start masterminds in their communities because it's such a powerful tool to get started.
0: Mm-hmm. And what led you to deciding that the book was the right, well, not like, the way that you wanted to present that info.
1: Yeah, I think especially because I have aspirations to be a speaker and now I'm on the speaking team for Tony,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, speaking and authorship kind of go hand in hand. When yeah. you have a book, it's more likely you'll get offered speaking. Mm-hmm. Right. When you don't have a book, it's a little bit less likely, I think, uh, that people will take you seriously as an expert. So that's one of the calling cards of an expert. Um, the other thing is it's, it's more of a mass market message. right? I can reach more people because now I can sell an book for five dollars or a physical book for ten dollars. And now you have me in your home like you're literally I've actually had the book right here. So this shows up. in your door, And now it's on your bookshelf. And now I'm in your house. And as long as you crack it open, you'll get some value out of it. You can pull it to any page and and get get a lesson or, you know, continue to learn. Hopefully you read the whole thing. It's only 170 pages. Um, I bet you get through it in an afternoon and you'll learn a new valuable skill that can change the way you live your life. I mean, it's literally changed everything about my life. I, I wouldn't be who I am today without Mastermind, So I would love to give that gift to you and, and get you started on the path. to maybe creating your own.
0: I love that. Yeah. It's a trust builder. It's a credibility builder. It's a way to get your message out to the, everybody who needs to hear it. And um, if you guys, does anybody have any final questions for Brad, if you're watching the live by any chance? And one quick question, are you going to be, so you are speaking at, are you mm-hmm. speaking at the Las Vegas, Tony Robbins, KBB. Oh, so,
1: okay. So the way it works, just to be clear, is I'll be speaking on other people's stages. Okay. On behalf of Tony to talk oh, about sweet. the program. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So maybe at some point I could be speaking at a UPW or a business mastery. Actually, I had a, that a vision one time, even before I even knew I was going to be speaking. I wasn't like even thinking about speaking. I just had this vision, like I'm on Tony's stage. I'm like, that's weird. Okay, I'll just <laughs> I'll that for later. Well, uh, so you know, maybe in a year or two, when I get the chops, at, um, again, I'm not a professional speaker. I had to get my reps in. I'm still training. Yeah. Um, this is what I'm I'm here to do. Obviously, is to step up to this next level and serve more people in this fashion. So I'm just really grateful for the ride and the journey. And if it ends up there, then uh, I'll be tearing up and blessed and really excited.
0: Yeah. yeah, and notice everyone how he's not saying, why am I not already on Tony Robbins' stage? He's willing to put it oh, in no. the <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this for you. I'm saying this for people who have this attitude of entitlement. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about you at all. I'm just saying that don't just dis- don't get discouraged. He's putting in his reps. He's practicing. He's learning a new skill. Just because he's ran masterminds, coach people, blah, 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 doesn't mean he Very thinks different. that he can just skip the road to becoming a professional speaker. He's doing all the things that lines him up to be positioned as an amazing, awesome speaker, right? Um,
1: when I get there, it won't be like, you know, I fail on a big scale. I want to like build up to that huge stage. Tony Robbins is one of the best in the world. He's been there for 42 years. There's nobody like Tony. To get on a stage is an honor and a privilege.
0: Yeah. it's like
1: speaking at the UN. Like, that's a big deal. So, you know, for me, I think that's like a pinnacle of life type of thing. And if I get there and do that, I'm, I'm so grateful for that opportunity. But I want to be ready. And I want to really serve that audience because it's not about me.
0: Right. Love it. Yeah. Love that attitude. And also, oh, there was something. Uh, the only reason I asked about Vegas is because I'm going with one of my clients. And she, oh, she, yeah, she um, will be watching this replay and she's going to die when she hears that you've talked to Dean and met Tony. Cause she is, having, yeah. she is like going to be peeing in her pants. Um, but anyways, <laughs> does anybody well, else can come
1: out to a workshop if she wants to learn more and, and yeah. them in person. I mean, Dean is, is, you know, and Tony, they're both at a place where they've made a billion dollars or more in their companies. It's not about income for them anymore. They never have to work a day in their lives, but they're all about impact. And that's why I really love this mission is because it's coming from a place of pure service. It's not tied to the money. I mean, the money is important, obviously, to run a company and, and make everything happen. But, um, you know, if, if they can impact another life, if they can change an, a mission, if they can really introduce a mission and a, and a value to the next generation that they're leaving behind, you know, because they're getting later in their careers, uh, they can shift the world for the better. And leave that legacy, that ripple effect, that domino effect that's going to create so many masterminds around the planet that are going to serve so many people. And on and on and on it goes. And that's really what it's about at that stage in their game. It's legacy. So, you know, again, you're at where you're at. You're either starting out or you're late in game or you're in the mid game portion. But knowing where you are and striving for that next step is the number one thing.
0: Totally. I love it. Yes. What is your legacy? Tell. I'll let you say it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So obviously the mastermind piece is the piece I'm living now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and the the very specific project is speaking right now and authorship, uh, and also I have a program to help people build masterminds. If anybody wants to learn about that, they can go to build a mastermind.com or just reach you out to me on Facebook. It's facebook.com/slash Brad Hart. I love helping people do that. That's awesome for me, and I, I'm I'm good at it. I'm as young as I'll ever be. I'm as good as I've ever been. So get me while I, while you still can, because I don't know how busy I'm going to get. But if you need help, I'm there. Um, and the legacy for me ultimately is to leave. A message behind that's worth listening to and that, that helps a lot of people, but maybe actually change the world in another way, which is food, utility, shelter and education. I had this idea of lighting the fuse, right? It's getting the wheels of economics to make things cheap enough so where people can live without having to spend all their money on those basics, like have their basics covered. Um, you know, and that could be a hybrid housing model, you know, where all their things are covered for like fifteen hundred bucks a month. And that's where universal basic income will probably land. So I I don't know the economic future. I I have a background in economics and I ran a hedge fund, but uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just trying to guess and and set my course towards that. um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, these are the types of problems it's going to take 30 years to solve. And I want to be ahead of
0: the game, not behind it. Cool. Very good. All right. Well, Brad, give us your one place, the major one place or all the places where you want people to go. And... um, yeah. yeah.
1: So three things you can check me out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Brad B-R-A-D-H-A-R-T. That's where I'm the most active. Uh, second thing is going to be makemoremarbles.com. Uh, the podcast is there. The blog is there. My writing is there. A whole bunch of things. And then finally, specific to masterminds is buildamastermind.com. Buildamastermind.com is where we have uh, all the stuff about the program and you can get a call and we can talk about helping you build your mastermind.
0: Very cool. Well, I'm so glad that I met you randomly at a TEDx event in Los okay. Angeles back in the day, and it's like been five six years—it's years. been a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun to watch you explode and change the world and do your mastermind things, and uh, I think everybody's going to love this episode.
1: Well, thank you, Haley. Thank you so much. And uh, I have a freebie if anybody wants. You can check out the Build a Mastermind Challenge, which is just buildamastermind.com. Slash challenge. And that's 21 awesome. really days, guided, it's free. You can check it out. It's really awesome.
0: All right. Well, thank you again. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast, if you want to leave a short written review and email it to info at com, you will be able to get my 2020 sales tracker. And uh, we will, yeah, Brad's dancing right now. So, Get your sales tracker. That's a great marketing tactic, dancing. Okay. (laughs) All right. I will talk to you soon. And thank you so much. Thank you, Haley. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to get your free gift over at HaleyRowe.com by joining my email list. And remember, you can always connect with me and other health coaches in the Health Coach Nation free Facebook group, where I post trainings and videos on how to take your health coaching business to the next level. Can't wait to connect with you. Have an awesome day.